This podcast is brought to you by the Turquoise Trail Charter School, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, you guys, it's tricky. Because as much mm-hmm. as like I want the kiddos to come in, I do, I do, I do. It's like, okay, trying to figure all this out. And I'm hoping that it'll just become like second nature in some sense. But it's just, oh. <laughs> The first four weeks, they're going to be like, put your mask on, put your mask on, put your mask on, blow your nose. Wipe down the bathroom. (laughs) From Protect the Pack Productions at the Turquoise Trail Charter School in Santa Fe, New Mexico, my name is Chris Eide, and this is The Hypothesis, a show about what it's like behind closed doors making decisions about whether or not to open up school in the middle of a global pandemic. Driving south out of town in Santa Fe, you quickly leave the city and end up in the country. You head toward mountains that you can see off in the distance that are home to old mining outposts that now serve as artist communities. Before you get into those mountains, you pass, on your left, the Turquoise Trail Charter School, seemingly standing alone in a vast prairie. You notice its gymnasium with its V-shaped roof and the iconic turquoise water towers where the barn owls, having wrested supremacy from the ravens in daily aerial battles in the springtime, now call home. The school rests in this intersection, urban and rural, mountains and high desert, a deep and rich history and an uncertain future. The diversity of the school population reflects the diversity of the city itself. Children of native New Mexican families, of the tribes and pueblos nearby, of the artists in the foothills, and of Latino, Hispanic, and Chicano heritage. You'll also find the children of well-to-do families who appreciate the high standard of academics and the bucolic, independent, and historical appeal of the school. Unlike many schools in medium and larger cities across the country, where schools tend to reflect the neighborhood they situate in, this school's community is the community of the city of Santa Fe itself. It's quite special in that regard. It's also a charter school. A quick note about charter schools, in case you're unfamiliar with how they're different from private schools or traditional public schools. Charter schools are allowed more freedom in terms of how they structure themselves than traditional public schools are, but are held accountable for the results that they are able to achieve with their students. So for our school, for example, we're on a five-year charter And if we don't live up to the standards that we were approved to live up to, we may be closed. We're also funded through the state, but different than traditional public schools, we're governed by a group of very interested community members. For us, that's uh, predominantly uh, current or former parents of students at the school. A traditional public school, by contrast, is a part of a district which is governed by elected officials, uh, school board members. So while we are held accountable to the same measures and the same tests, uh, we aren't governed per se in the same way. This means that we're also allowed to increase the length of our school day or pay our teachers differently should we so choose. Uh, We do that in exchange for that accountability, knowing that if we don't do well, we may be shut down. 
So it's similar to a private school in that regard as well. If parents choose to not send their kids here and we don't do well, then we, we would likewise be shut down. Our school, Turquoise Trail Charter School, serves grades pre-K through eight. We have one elementary school and one middle school. We have an elementary school principal and a middle school principal. My role as head administrator is to oversee all of the operations of both the schools, a sort of district superintendent of a very small school district, if you will, which makes all of this that much more interesting. We have to make decisions as if we're a school and also as if we are a district. That said, we still must operate under the same guidelines issued by the state public education department, oftentimes that districts themselves have to operate under. For example, when the governor says that all schools may open after Labor Day in a hybrid model, as she did, that means that all district schools and all charter schools, like schools like ours, may open simultaneously. When the governor says that all schools must open with COVID-safe practices as determined by the state and or the CDC, that applies to districts and it applies to us. So our freedom to operate is somewhat limited to the same conditions that the public school districts have to operate under themselves. And when it comes to public safety, we are all operating under the same guidelines though trying to figure out in our own ways how we can go about educating our students in the best way that we know. There are a few other things that we're worried about as well. New Mexico as a state derives a lot of its revenue from oil and gas production, which due to global events took a significant hit here in the state and caused us to change our budgetary forecasts. In addition, because of COVID, we lost a lot of tourists. That's another big component of our revenue in the state. All of this means that we in schools are expecting to have some of our budgets cut. In fact, we've already taken a cut this year, but when the legislature convenes in the first part of next year, I think we're all expecting to have more of our budgets cut. And the way in which we're funded is largely driven by the number of students we're able to serve and the number of students that we're able to serve in particular as of the 40th instructional day of the year, which for us is October 14th. So the count of students on that day is going to drive how much we are able to spend on our school programs and teachers, etc. In order to protect ourselves against a pretty big cut, we want to have at least 700 kids, and we're right about that level right now. And since the beginning of COVID, We've seen more and more and more families turn to homeschooling instead of the actual schools that they would have otherwise sent their kids to. So for us, there's a bit of a battle against the clock as well. So we need to make sure that if there are any families who are thinking about leaving our school in order to make sure that their kids can attend school in person in some format, that we are able to do that here as well so that they don't leave. This means that we feel a real pressure to open up to in-person learning as much as we can, as soon as we can, but while still maintaining adherence to the guidelines and health and safety protocols that will make sure to keep our kids and our teachers and our staff members safe. 
Above all, we know that in-person learning is going to be the best thing for our kids as well. So we are every day trying to figure out how to do this as safely and as quickly as we possibly can. Back in the summer, we had it all figured out, but that was when things were different. Beliefs about the virus have changed. People's attitudes toward coming to school in person have changed. The conditions across the state have changed. So we have to react to all of those things. We need to build our school model in a way that adapts to the current moment. To bring you up to that current moment, we have to first go back in time. So in our next episode, we're gonna go back into the summer when we had a beautiful plan for how we would serve our kids in a hybrid model, when we had large wait list of students ready to come to our school and over 760 kids enrolled. So stay with us as we go back in time in our next episode. Thanks for joining.